<clears throat> Crow Wheel here. Today we review a Kolsch and discuss cosmic horror. And welcome to Beer and Conversation with Pigweed and Crowhill. Good evening, Pigweed. Good evening, Crowhill. What's on your mind? Cthulhu. Cthulhu. Yes, okay. yes. Yes, you see, it's time for PNC's shortcut to the classics. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yes. where we read great books by the world's great authors, so long as they aren't too long. Yes, we like to keep it under 100 pages. And for this show, we check out a pair of short stories by H.P. Lovecraft. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, the Shadow Over Innsmouth. And Call of Cthulhu. Aha. Uh -huh. Okay. Well, very good. But since uh, we're doing our literary book, we actually need some help. Here. Yes, we do. Yes. Our literary contributor. All right. Oh. All right. Woo! Longinus. Longinus. Cheers. Right. Cheers. Yes. Yeah, so this is our this is October. Our scary book. Scary month. Uh, it's a scary month. Yes. So this time last year we did a bunch of Poe stories yeah. and went to speak. Went Poe's to the Poe Museum. Yes. And the year before that we did what? Frankenstein. Yeah, Frankenstein. We did Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. That's right. So yes. Yeah, so this scary month is uh, Lovecraft. And it's funny scary. It's funny scary. We've got, <laughs> and we have a dark and scary beard to okay. go with it. So what do we got here? This is from Baltimore. Yes. It's dark good. Usher. Got Edgar Allan Poe's face on it. Yes, and a year ago we did uh, Fall of the House of Usher. Yes. And the name of this beer is Dark Usher. And, and it's it a dark is... Kolsch style, which is strange because mm. Kolsch isn't usually dark. Not at all. So. So let's see. What let's do we got? I think it's interesting to note that, that this is an era regular beer, that it actually <laughs> is a real beer. <laughs> Yes, it is. <laughs> We've finally gotten past yes, our review of the we, no alcohol we did beers. Twelve straight no alcohol beers, and oh, now that's um, scary. Scary. It's dark. Spooky. It's got a nice dark flavor yeah. to it. Yeah. Yeah. But I wouldn't. You know, I don't know what's colshy about it. Yeah. Because usually there's a there's a a, a crisp pilsner like yeah taste to the finish on it that I think you kind of lose when you darken it up. I think so, because a, a Kolsch is a German ale, but it's fermented at low temperatures, and you're right, it has a it has a, a, a lagery type of a finish to it, but it's totally lost in this. Yeah, what's in, in and what's dark beer. what's in the the black lager? What's uh, the the name for a? Um, oh, gosh, like a German yeah, name. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, whatever that is. Okay. So it's I mean, kind of it's, it's that more like that. Me. <laughs> right. All right. Well, it's delicious. I'm going to have to get some of this. Yeah, dark, dark Usher. Dark All right. Usher. Okay. So, uh, which, what order are we doing these books in? Well, I want to do Shadow Over Innsmouth first okay. and finish with the biggie, okay. the big Cthulhu. However, before we get started, I want to play the opening paragraph because this guy reads better than I do. The opening paragraph of Cthulhu because. Yeah. It really, it could be the opening paragraph of the introduction to the Lovecraftian world. Okay. So let's just see that how... Seem, seems appropriate. Let's so we're going to do real high goes. tech here and just play this right yeah. into the microphone. Go ahead. The most merciful thing in the world, I think, is the inability of the human mind to correlate all its contents. We live on a placid island of ignorance in the midst of black seas of infinity, and it was not meant that we should voyage far. The sciences, each straining in its own direction, have hitherto harmed us little. But someday, the piecing together of dissociated knowledge will open up such terrifying vistas of reality and of our frightful position therein. We shall either go mad from the revelation 
or flee from the deadly light into the peace and safety of a new dark age. Wow. Yeah, that, I, well, when I read that, that really struck me, and I was listening to it, not, yeah. not that recording, but a different recording. Yeah. I listened to it again, it struck me. Yeah. And I thought the, the interesting thing about it is if you were to contrast two views, one view says, if you had the opportunity to peer into reality itself, you would find joy and beauty and order, and you know it would be it would be amazing. Right. And then H.P. <laughs> Lovecraft's view <laughs> yeah. is, is if you could get past our ignorance and and this will this lovely blindness that we live in and peer into reality itself, you would find horror and madness yeah. <laughs> and death yeah. and destruction. Right. You would right. You would you would run away and die or go mad. And yes. yes. Or right. go mad so, and then die or something. Yeah. So so that that paragraph is opens this story but he's he's just it, all of his his stories in general are the times that this horrible frightening world reaches in and touches us <laughs> right. or we bump into it yes. or we accidentally reveal it. Yeah, it's a fairy or, story in a way because a, a fairy story is when you when you get out of your own world and you're into the land into the fairy world yeah so this is a fairy world it's just a horror fairy world. <laughs> yeah <laughs> and, and the thing is there's no there's no cosmic battle between man and monster I mean you, we, we can't even comprehend what their motivation is what their morality is and there's you know there's no competition here you know yeah, <laughs> you right. just if you run into this world you're gonna die you're just gonna die. <laughs> it's just bad and if, and if they don't kill you you'll just you'll just kill yourself so before before Lovecraft, mm -hmm. horror was what well, he was a big fan of of Poe. Okay, but there's a lot of uh, witches and ghosts and spirits and that kind of thing. He introduced space ah. and science into horror. Hmm. So cosmic horror is kind of a term that they that people use. That he although there's not a lot of spacey stuff in either of these stories. Uh, Just well, a that's bit. yeah, but that, no, that's true. But Cthulhu comes from outer space. Right, the yeah. deep ones come from space. Right. So, so uh, mm -hmm. yeah. So that's that's sort of what his he's credited with, sort of sci-fi fiction. Okay. Sci-fi like horror. Yeah. Sci-fi <laughs> horror. Yeah. Uh, alien and that kind of thing. Right. Know, was, but he wasn't very popular in <laughs> no. his lifetime, right? Yeah. You wonder how. Yeah. You know, when people do, I was watching a show on Van Gogh the other day. Yeah. You know, like, how do you keep going, <laughs> yeah. committed to your art when nobody's really that impressed? <laughs> yeah. And yeah. you're like, no, nah, this is still my thing. Yeah. You're, you're, you're poor and nobody thinks it's very good. It's well, all right. you know what? I'll just keep going. Once we die, this <laughs> podcast is going to take off like crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. If we happen to fake our own deaths, cool. <laughs> cut that out. Yeah, that's, edit that out. Edit that out. Producer, edit that out. I would just like to say before we begin, I would have bet you $100 that Lovecraft was British and not American. Some of the spellings are British. Every once in a while you run across with British yeah. spelling. I, I, I would have said no. no. Yeah. I, thought, I thought he was straight from the island. That's good. You know, in listening to the... One uh, reader that I was listening to for Shadow Over Innsmouth, I, for a bunch of his stories, he's English and it just seems right. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, for, for whatever reason, some of the some of the words were had uh, English spellings. And Let's see if I can why find does he say shoe and shoed for show and shown? Oh, I know. 
Yeah. Where does that come? I didn't even know that was in English now, or I don't know where that comes from. Uh, I don't know. But it's in all, all of his stories. It's shoe for show. I don't know what that is. All right, how about a little bit about his life? Sure, okay. Born in 1890 in Providence, Rhode Island. Basically lived his whole life there. Uh, he, his dad went mad as a, when he was just, when he was little, died in an insane asylum. Turns out to be, was uh, onset of untreated syphilis. Okay. Uh, raised by his mom. Uh, didn't you know? Then he had nervous breakdown in high school. Didn't finish high school. One of our many writers who didn't. I know. Not even not, some of them. Some of them finished high school. Didn't go to college. Some just didn't even finish high school. I know. It's pretty amazing. So anyway, big reader. Uh, didn't try his fiction until say 1917. He gets married. Goes moves to New York, which didn't. Which was terrible for him. He and his wife split up. He produces nothing that's great. When he goes back to Providence, that's when the big. Okay. His his big uh, output takes place and he only then he gets intestinal cancer and dies at 46 or something okay, like that right. and, uh, so yeah what does the HP stand for yes uh, Howard Phillip okay interesting interesting name so weird tales which I think is still around isn't it so this is back in the 20s was the that was a the very, magazine uh, yeah yeah I'm not sure so that's sort Good of question. where he the only place he really published anything that, okay I mean, that was that or at least that was the the biggest audience he ever got was uh -huh. Weird Tales. Okay. And it wasn't a reputable magazine <laughs> yeah. at all, right? It's a pulp. It was just a pulp. Yeah. yeah. Okay, good. So, uh... You're all right, so Shadow Let's over get into Shadow Innsmouth. over Innsmouth. Innsmouth. There actually is an Innsmouth, but it's not um, where he's placing it. It's in Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, sort of like Faulkner, he, the Arkham... Miscatonic University, Miscatonic right. University. Yeah, he makes up some stuff. Is, uh, uh, these towns all come up over and over again, so it's in New England. Yeah. But, mm -hmm. uh, and Innsmouth sounds like a New England yes, town. Yes, yes, I think. And Miscatonic University in, sounds, you know, yes. Indian names and all that right. stuff. So, yeah. Miscatonic sounds good. Right. So, right. So, we've got an unnamed narrator just uh, telling the story of Innsmouth. And yes. What's he doing? Yeah, so he's on this trip going around just like he's between he's on the summer break in, in college or something yeah, like he, that he's, yeah he's from the midwest he's from like cleveland or something yeah. but his family is all from the east and he's going he's going to oberlin i think and he's he's on a break and he's just traveling around and he wants to uh he doesn't want to spend too much money so he's you know taking buses instead of trains when he can and he finds out, a, he, he's looking at architecture and he's looking at different different things. Genealogical. You know, right, genealogical research. His, apparently his grandfather had some similar interests or something like that. He was an antiquarian. There, there you go. That's, that's how they'd say it. A young right. antiquarian. So he, he finds out about this town where uh, the, the locals really hate it. And, <laughs> and everybody's going, mm, don't go there. You don't really want to go there. Yeah. And one guy says, look, you get the eight, there's a 10 o'clock in the morning, there's an 8 o'clock, get out in the evening. You don't go tonight, go in the morning, yeah. and then get out. There's, there's only Sunday. one hotel, and it's kind of spooky, and no. people who stayed there in the past have had these kind <laughs> right. of bad there's experiences. One, one uh, uh, rickety bus mm -hmm. that goes there. And so he's like, all right. Uh, yeah. He's got some sense of adventure, and the fact that nobody wants to go there, well, maybe I'll just go see why. Yeah. Get the heck out. I, he says, I have an Ill, odd craving to whisper about those few frightful hours in that ill-rumored and evilly shadowed seaport of death and blasphemous abnormality. <laughs> <laughs> That's just a little taste of, 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 of 
Lovecraftian. Lovecraftian prose, right. yes. Well, which, well, let me just stop for one second. We're talking about the, the guy who pushes on even though nobody thinks his writing is great. Yeah. This is at the time of sparse writing. This is at, this is really the time of Hemingway, hmm. where you're this stripping. Is, this is this is 29, 30? Yeah, this is 30. Yeah, right. So this is much, his writing style is more, cl it's closer to Melville from, you know, hmm. a few decades earlier. What this is, it's not a fashionable writing style anymore. It's not just, quick. <laughs> no, it's... <laughs> he, especially when he's talking about something horrible, he takes his time. Yes, to, I've uh, heard it described, I saw a, a, a show on him by a, a current horror, Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro, uh -huh. and he, he referred to it as Baroque. Okay. I'm like, yeah, sort yeah, of gaudy, uh, sort of, yeah. right? Yeah, that's that's a good word for it, yes. So he finds out about this awful place, and he um, he pulls up, he decides to take the bus. You want to you wanna hear about the bus driver? Yes. Probably. Yeah, that's the first time you get a sort of a description of yes. what he's getting into. Yeah. His age was perhaps 35, but the odd deep creases in the sides of his neck made him seem older when one did not study his dull, expressionless face. He had a narrow head, bulging, watery blue eyes that seemed never to wink, a flat nose, a receding forehead and chin, and singularly undeveloped ears. His long, thick lip and coarse-poured grayish cheeks seemed almost beardless except for some sparse yellow hairs that straggled and curled in irregular patches and in places seemed queerly irregular, as if peeling from some cutaneous disease. His hands were large and heavily veined, and had a very unusual grayish-blue tinge. The fingers were strikingly short in proportion to the rest of the structure, and seemed to have a tendency to curl closely into the huge palm. As he walked toward the bus, I observed his peculiarly shambling gait, and saw that his feet were inordinately immense. The more I studied them, the more I wondered how he could buy any shoes to fit them. Right. So there's, the, there's many references to the Innsmouth look. Yes. So... And people had it in various degrees, and this this guy had it right. to some extent. And what I when I read that paragraph, my first reaction was, "Gosh, this guy's observant." <laughs> you know, yeah. you see some odd-looking fellow, and you stop to say, "Boy, his ears are small, and his hands are." That's that's a really detailed yeah. observation. Well, he, got, uh, he was on the bus for a while. Uh, it gets so he gets into town, and it's it's a rickety old bus. There's like three or four people on it. Yeah. No, because none of the people in the other town, what is it, Arkham, where he comes from? Yeah. yeah. Um, even want want to take Newberry's the bus. Yeah. They don't, they don't want to get on this bus. No, at nobody, all. nobody, nobody yeah. goes to. Nobody goes to Innsmouth. So he comes into Innsmouth, and it, it used to have. It used to be a prosperous place. Uh, there was good fishing, and there was other industry going on there, and it, it has a fantastic skyline. You know, nice towers on the buildings and deep water harbor right it, it looks like mm -hmm. it looks like a very nice place but it's been it's run down right. and there's another odd thing which is that all the churches have been taken over by some strange cult right so all, all the churches in yes, the town so no right so there's no the churches are left he there are there are no old people yeah around only only young people and up to this this bus driver what he said was maybe 35 looking older yeah, but somehow these people seemed more disquieting than the dismal buildings for almost every one of them had peculiarities of face and motions which i instinctively disliked without being able to define or comprehend them right so 
he there there's a kid working in a drugstore. Yeah, a normal kid doesn't live in the town. <laughs> he doesn't yeah. live in the town. Yeah. He just got moved there. He talks to him for a little bit. He's just trying to get the lay of the land and yeah. gets a little bit of a hand drawn map. map. Right, yeah. And uh what make what makes him seek out the Zadok? Yeah, so he heard some scary stories and he I'm not sure he actually sought him out. I think he he knew about him, and then yeah. when he saw him, he went to yeah, speak. Yeah, the kid him. from the drugstore. Kid said, from the drugstore talked to him. That's about the guy him. that'll talk to you. He'll give you all the stories. Uh, right. He'll give they, you the skinny ones. These going ins, on. they, right, the local Innsmouth type. Yeah. Uh, are not right. going to give you the real, you know, or, nope. any information. Nobody's really. going to tell you what's going on. But if you find this old drunk dude, he'll tell you. He'll tell and you so, everything. And so he picks up some hooch. Yeah. And hoping he can ply him full of it and get him to talk, and uh, yeah, he spills it. <laughs> and he's it's, and, and kind of like he's been hanging on to this for a while. Well, it takes him a little while. It takes him a little yeah. while to, to get him going, because he's got the half the, a bottle. The, at least. Yeah. Well, the narr <laughs> the narrator is uh, worried about getting getting his return bus, so he's worried about time, and he's trying to get this guy talking, and it's, you know, like an hour he's. Hardly talking. Eventually, though, he starts to tell this tale, and what a tale it is! And what a tale! Well, he's he, he's he's looking out at the ocean, and yeah. at the ocean, and about a mile out is a reef. Devil's Reef. Yeah. Devil's Reef. So he's looked at, it and all of a sudden, he just starts shaking his head, and he turns around. That's, and that's says, where that all was, the trouble started. That's where all, right, and he starts yeah. his story. So he's old. He, he's an old man, and he's telling the stories from when he was a kid. Right. In fact, he's even referring back to older people's stories. That go back as far as Battle of uh, War of 1812. Yeah. So he's so you've got to get the history of the town from back then until now through him. And, and Old Man Marsh of, yes, is at all, the center of Old this. Old Man Marsh is at the center of all this, and he seems to have some strange relationship with the reef or something going on on the reef. Right. And yeah. he's and he the the Marsh House is still nice, and it's the only the only business in town is some sort of gold refinery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they, they, got they, money. Have two, they have two exports, fish and gold. gold so they right have up. gold, and they, they and the fishing is great right out in front of of the reef. Of and, that's, and nowhere else all, yeah, <laughs> around. And everywhere else around, the fishing's lousy, except right there. And the if you come really from good. out of town to do fishing in the area, they scare you out. You're not coming back. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. They chase you out or kill you or something. Right. So what's up with that? Oh, scary cat! <laughs> scary cat for the October theme here. So, the uh, well, do you want to get right to it? What's the what's up with the the marsh yeah, yeah, makes my, marsh makes a deal with these creatures that live in the in the reef, and right. well, so part he, of the so deal. He, he was a sailor, right? And he experienced. I don't know where this island is that he's connected. South Pacific. So, okay, South yeah. Pacific. Yeah. Where, That's where I pictured it. Right. Where they, where he saw this relationship between the islanders and... Some crazy cult. Something. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Some crazy cult. And he was like, you guys are praying. Well, he tells it, you guys are praying to the wrong God. Mm -hmm. Why don't you pray to a God that's going to give a little return on your investment? Yeah, like I've seen. Something. Yeah. Which was... The gold, some gold and fish. excellent and fish. fishing. So apparently these creatures that live in the reef, and they, they live way down in the reef. Yes. And they sort of herd the fish into the area between the reef and the shore so that the Innsmouth fishermen get fish like crazy. And apparently the whole town stinks of fish. It's yes. just, just fish smell everywhere. Yeah. 
good. But it wasn't, it, it was more than just some strange underwater creatures doing this. These are, these underwater creatures are some, some sort of perverted half man, half fish kind of beings. And there's also stories about interbreeding between the, the townsfolk and yes. these fish-like things. Yes, and so that little by little sort of leaks out what's go why these fishy characteristics are, are associated with the Innsmouth look. Exactly. So yes, so there's, it's sort of like, like any, like, like any child, you, you sometimes you look more like your mom and sometimes you look more like your dad. Yeah. And so some people have a more fishy look and... Although in this case, it was almost as if you developed it over time. Yes. Right. It, so, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it was, it was, the, the transformation happened in older adults. Yeah. So that's why the bus driver at 35 ha can still drive a bus and pass for a human, even though he has very large feet and small hands and <laughs> bulging eyes, you know. But he still looks en en enough to pass as a human. And they get to a point somehow in this transformation where they start spending more and more time in the water. Right. And then eventually they just go in the water right. all the time. And also... And they spend, well, they spend a lot of time indoors when yes. they start to look particularly when they start looking like the creature of the black lagoon yeah they don't go out until it's dark then they test the waters a little bit do some you know there's, there's an in-between stage before you just disappear yes into the water. now the other benefit of being in this crazy fish cult thing is you live forever, <laughs> forever. Un you, unless yeah, you're killed exactly or, yeah. but there's no there's no natural causes yeah right. you don't die of natural causes you, you can be killed yeah. but uh, you know you're just going to be immortal and right at the beginning of the story, too, let's not forget that he, he talks about, you know, he, he uh, contacted the federal agencies that went over there, and there was even rumors that a submarine blew up the Oh, well, what, yeah, but that's yes. later. That's foreshadowing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah right. He's talking about what happens later yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But the, right, right. It, open, it opens up, like the first couple of lines, right, is about how right. he called in the feds, yeah. and the feds cleaned house in this place. But I got to tell you, what how how we got to that point yeah, that's right so we and know so he's from the telling beginning, that story we know from the beginning there's going to be a tragic end but he's telling us how how it got to that point uh and how he learned about all this nasty stuff and what the reef was all about right, right. So, so, Mar so then marsh took took a wife and had some wives. kids yeah. and one of the the daughters that didn't have any fishy qualities they married him off to an Arkham man, and they, didn't, they don't know what happened to her. Right. And his other wife, who looks horrible, is walking <laughs> around with a strange tiara on her head, yeah. which matches a tiara that the narrator saw back in the original town, right? That's there was, right. There was yeah. one that's tiara what, that's that was That's what got still, him going, yeah. yeah. There was one tiara back in the original town that he saw in the museum that the Marshes were always trying to buy, buy back from the right. museum. Because but they, they would sell. get this jewelry horrible looking jewelry and just melted down itself for the gold yeah but here so they've had these reliefs on that were sinister among these reliefs were fabulous monsters of abhorrent grotesqueness grotesqueness and malignity <laughs> half ichthic and half batrachian in suggestion which one could not dissociate it from a certain haunting and uncomfortable sense of pseudo memory, as if called up from image of from deep cells and tissues whose retentive functions are wholly primal and awesomely ancestral. <laughs> so that's just how he writes. Everything's, everything's like that. Everything is like but, that. I mean, he's an amazing vocabulary and understanding of, 
you know, Egyptian myths and mythologies and yeah. stuff, you know, now for one a thing, high school dropout. One thing, speaking of his writing, that, that really annoyed me was when the old drunk was talking. You had, you had this kind of language, but spelled to try to bring out his, yeah. his, uh, his accent or yes, something. Yes. And it was almost unreadable. Yeah, it was it, very it, it difficult was tough. to get through. And I don't know if you listen to that guy do the, do the reading of it. No. But you're, oh, man. It was, it, it was, you're like, oh, that's exactly what he was trying to get out yeah. of this. And, and good, I'm sure if you studied the, it for of the, a while. Of, the, of r rhythm and accent of, yeah. you know, sort of uneducated rural New England. Yeah. Yeah, there's a, if you try to read it, there's just so many misspelled words that you have you have to stop and think like what is what are you trying <laughs> yeah. to say there oh i fussed what's fussed oh that's first yeah. with, a, with a new england accent yes yes i i find it distracting when people try to write that way so uh the the kid the narrator he's he's 19 or something um is has his conversation with the old dude and then he's it's time to go get on his bus so he goes back into town and the bus breaks. But they're kind of, but they're they're kind of disrupted by. Well, the, yeah, the the tide's coming in, and an old man freaks out and runs off. Yeah. And is never seen again. And is never seen again. Yeah. Maybe, he. I think so. The implication is that he has shared too much with an outsider, and maybe the old man needs to go, and so does the outsider. Yeah, who tries who get you know who goes into that crummy hotel room? Well, yeah, right? he goes into the hotel room because the bus broke down, so he right. can't, he can't get out of town. Right. And then he goes to the one terrible hotel room. He uh, gets some meager dinner and then goes into some room upstairs and locks all the doors. Right. Uh, and the story we heard in the beginning was of people in this hotel would hear strange sounds all night and all this. Well, he starts hearing sounds of a mass of people coming up the stairs, trying the doors, you know, trying to get in from all sides into his room. So he's thinking, I've got to escape. Yeah, he does the smart thing. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You know, at, at this point, you know, you think of, you know, well, does he just sit there and open the door and say, ah, nothing's wrong or what? But no, he decides right. to... He's going to get, get out. out. Yeah. And he, so he thinks about getting out the window, but it's too long of a jump from his window to the top of this building. Right. So he, he goes through this elaborate ruse to try to get into like two doors down two rooms down where he can jump onto the building and barely you know escapes barely uh right, tries to stay away from the street now there's like a angry mob pitchfork yeah mob with torches kind, kind of a frog fishman yeah kind of a classic uh sci-fi thing where you have this big mob of shambling yeah. you know zombie kind of thing you know like all these zombies right. chasing him down the but road these people look fishier yes. than any of the people that even fishier than the people he's already seen and he's seeing more coming up out of the water there's some yeah. there's some hopping there's some slapping there's yeah. some yes. you know there, there, there's Strange a, a priestly gates. looking guy priestly frog-headed guy with a one of those tiaras on <laughs> yes and a robe and fortunately though there there had been in the heyday of the town there was a railroad that went to the town so that is what he follows. You know, he knows you can't take the highway, and he, so he follows this railroad out of town, and uh, does eventually make it. Yeah, and in, 
it was the end for whatever remains to me of my life on the surface of this earth of every vestige of mental peace and confidence in the integrity of nature and of the human mind. Nothing that I could have imagined, nothing even that I could have gathered had I credited old Zadok's crazy tale in the most literal way would in any way be comparable to the demon demoniac blasphemous reality that I saw or believe I saw. And he goes on like that for a while, but the, the, the horrible sight of these these nasty forms vaguely and then, suggested and, 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 the anthropoid with their heads, they were, they were the heads of fish with prodigi prodigious bulging eyes. Yeah. Right, so now he's taking the whole thing in for what it really was. Okay, so the world is, things like this do take place in the world. Oh, that's that a good, is jacked up. that's actually a good point to mention because he, he has that, there's this quality to it where he starts off with, you know, I'm a science guy and I only believe what, uh, <laughs> yeah. what you know, I'm, I'm always looking for the naturalistic explanation for everything. And I don't go for these these crazy woo-woo explanations, which is which is why he was willing to go to Innsmouth in the first place. Because yeah. he didn't believe all the superstitious, scary stuff. And over the course of the of the story, he uh, he comes to realize, well, okay, <laughs> and there yeah. is this craziness. Right. right now, also, but the story's not done, right? No, no, the story's not <laughs> done. Right. So he's still getting his—he's still recovering, basically, from that experience. He gets out. He goes back home. All that kind of stuff. He's recovering. But, but right. The, but the end is a few years later. Yes. Yeah, and he's—he's he's sitting around and uh, starts to look in the mirror. Yeah. Well, he also—he, but he—he he looks a little bit more into his genealogy and finds an uncle. It finds a great grandmother, who actually came from where? Yeah, Markham. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. She was a she was a Marsh. She was that the, the, the missing, missing daughter yeah. of the Marsh who got right. married off. And this is when he discovers that he is actually descended from these creepy things, yes. and he starts to look in the in the mirror and see that he's starting to develop the same. Right. And then qualities. the other thing is, his uncle takes him to the bank and to the safe deposit box and unwraps one of the tiaras. Yes, exactly. And he's like, oh my, and that freaks him out. Right. Yes. Freaks him out, he buys a gun, and like a, like a lot of Lovecraft, so I'm, I'm going, well, I guess he's just going to kill himself, because that's how <laughs> right. a lot of Lovecraft, you know, you, you see what the real world is like, and you're like, I'm out. Yeah, right. Uh, but he changes his mind, doesn't he? Yeah. And he, sa and he says, wait a minute, I'm in. I'm, I'm, I'm one of these guys, I guess I'm going back to Innsmouth, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he decides that uh, that is yes. that's his destiny, and he's yeah. going to be swimming with the fishes. <laughs> and not in the way that... <laughs> he, he gets rather Bob excited Bob. about it. You know, yeah, he's excited about it. Stupendous and unheard of splendors await me below, <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I shall seek them soon. But the one thing you don't think about it is he was the one that called in the, the, the cavalry, the, the, so exactly. to speak. Yes. To, strike. To strike it, so is there anything left? Actually, that's a good question. Right. If he so, goes so back, the maybe there so won't be, they won't be there. His, so his uh, Uncle Douglas is in the madhouse, and uh, you know he's getting ready to shoot himself, and he changes his mind. Yeah. What's the last? What's the last paragraph? Oh, I, I, I was switching back right, over to the other story. Let's. I shall plan my cousin's escape from the Canton madhouse, and together we shall go to Mar to Marvel's shadowed Innsmouth. We shall swim out to that brooding reef in the sea and dive down through black abysses to Cyclopean and many-volume Yothle, 
And in that lyre of deep ones, we shall dwell in mist, wonder, and glory forever. <laughs> it's kind of upbeat in a creepy way. Did you notice how many times he used the word cyclopean? Yeah, he loves he that. He loves that yeah. word, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, you're hearing a lot in Cthulhu. Yeah, yeah. actually, we need to get to Cthulhu. Yeah. We're running yeah. running yeah. low on time here. So, here, so that he's the, he's the biggie. He's the, Cthulhu is the... If, Lovecraftian. If people have heard of the word Lovecraft, they've probably heard of Cthulhu. If if they only know two things, yeah, it's Cthulhu. So and the whole the pantheon of gods and monsters is often referred to as the mythos of Cthulhu. Okay. So that's why that's why we got to do Cthulhu. So the the first story came in five chapters. This one's three: the horror and clay, the tale of Inspector Legrasse, and the madness from the sea. Right, and it's it, it's. It's an interesting telling of the story because it's third, fourth, and fifth person. Yes. So that's right. So there are three sections of of the story that form one story. Yes. Right? Yes. So we first find out about this where some guy has to like administer the estate of his dead yes. uncle or something who, uncle, was a, yeah. who was a, um, a famous uh, academic yeah. uh, who died suddenly, although he was an old man. But he died suddenly. So he's going through his affairs and trying to get everything in order and he finds this documentation that seems kind of odd and he sees these different stories but he also finds this this goofy um, object this this little piece of clay that's been molded in a certain way and he tracks that down to some some young man who's been having who's been having dreams and created this clay sculpture Right. Out of the images uh, that he had in his dreams, right. And the important thing is, are the are the dates. It's this between March and April of 1925 mm -hmm. that, as he is digging, well, maybe does he does he is it does he get all these scraps of paper from his uncle's collection before he meets the the the, the crazy student? Actually, the I think I thought the I thought the stories from the crazy student were written up in his uncle's documents. But he can't. But he comes across a number of events that take place around the world. Or is that yeah. The oh, that's section? right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, right. But it all takes place at the same time when he's having these fevered dreams. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yes, yeah, so let's get to Cyclopean again here. Uh, so his dreams of great Cyclopean cities of Titan blocks and sky flung monoliths, all dripping with green ooze and sinister with latent horror. So, basically, so he produces this little sculpture from his dreams yes and he and then he what does he do he, he takes the sculpture to to have to, some other people look at it right he takes it to a conference down in like st louis and he looked at it and then he meets the inspector down there right because the inspector is investigating an incident in in louisiana so it, it's very, it's a little confusing because you is. have all these different characters and all these different. different but I think stories that's taking part, places in different times and different locations. Yes, but that's part of the the part of the point. Yes, is that the same theme is cropping up in all these different places yes. along with all these different people. So first we learn about the professor and the young kid who has the visions and he makes this the sculpture, and then we find out about this police officer. Right. Who's right, but this was right. This is in this is in 1908. So the story, the original story, is takes place in 1925. So this goes way back in 1925. This is when you had uh, the outbreaks of uh, outbreaks of mania, 
around the world in Paris, London, Africa, South America, Haiti, the Philippines, you know, mobs, people just losing their minds in, in these different newspaper clippings. Mm -hmm. Then he comes across the tale of the Inspector Lagasse, which is, goes back many, many years. Right. It just seems to sound a lot this, like... He shows them the clay thing, and they go, oh, that's like this other thing. That's like and this it, other thing. Which, and, he, and he's reading, and he goes, wait a minute, this little statuette that they're talking about in this... Because he's not in this story. He's reading the story yeah. of mm -hmm. right. many, many years earlier. He goes, wow, that sounds a lot like this statue that this... Yeah, so that's, that, that's the first indication that something crazy is, is that not it's not just a matter of crazy dreams that this guy what he dreamt and molded from clay turned out to look just like this actual object that somebody else found when the police raided this strange cult in louisiana right so there there are like homeless squatters living out in the woods going there's something really weird going on out here guys. yeah so they go in there pretty pretty well armed and it's in it's not not in the woods it's like in a swamp yes it's yeah. right it's louisiana yeah. yeah louisiana swamp and they it's it's disgusting i mean it sounds like they're having to wade through the muck and the mud and then they come to this raised area and there's just some crazy cult-like orgy weird thing going on yes with all these bodies naked bodies writhing around and this big monolith with, with a statue on top, and I'm thinking this this is gonna be the, the monolith at the base of it is large. Yeah. And then it's kind well, of anticlimactic, then you get up there and the statue's like a foot. Yeah. So <laughs> they have this, they have this great big monolith and, and the little Boop. the little object, the little eight inch thing yeah. is um, is sitting on top. And that's that's this thing that looks just like the thing the guy carved in clay. And it, it okay. Do we it have a good description of Yeah, the, it represented okay. a monster of vaguely anthropoid outline, but with an octopus-like head whose face was a mass of feelers, a scaly, rubbery-looking body, prodigious claws on hind and forefeet, and long, narrow wings behind. This thing, which seemed instinct with a fearsome and unnatural malignancy, was of a somewhat bloated corpulence and squatted evilly on a rectangular block or pedestal covered with undecipherable characters. Nice. Yeah. And the other th odd thing about this little object was that the stone that it was carved out of was not from the earth. No. Like and, and, and geology. And they ran past all kinds of uh, people who were familiar with, with ancient languages and hieroglyphics and yeah. stuff like that, and they're gone. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. We got nothing on the language. <laughs> we, got we got nothing on the stone. We got nothing on the thing that's carved on it. It's just everything about it is a mystery. And then there's this strange phrase. Does anybody want to try to pronounce this? <laughs> I've heard people do a really good job at it, but I wouldn't even try. Yeah, it's it's a bunch of crazy words thrown together, and the the most important ones are Cthulhu Relay. Yeah. Um, but uh, translated into English, it supposedly means in his house at Relay, dead Cthulhu waits dreaming. Right. So, uh, of they arrest a bunch of these cult members, and only one guy, Old Castro, is the only guy who's willing to talk to him, and he, even he doesn't give him much, but he does at least. Give them that that translation. English translation, right? And okay, another strange thing about this story is they find so they find this weird group of people in the Louisiana swamp, and then they also something about these Eskimos who had the same kind yeah, of yeah. So another right. Wrong. So at this conference or whatever, so another professor of anthropology, he says, you know, there was a similar phenomenon in 1860, <laughs> a tribe of degenerate Eskimos. I guess it's in Greenland, right? Formed some sort of devil worship. 
uh, with deliberate bloodthirstiness and repulsiveness. So there's this, there's been this cult. And it pops up. And it just pops up from place to place. That's right. all over yep. the world. It's very old. And, and, and it seems to have or, strange origins. It seems to have like outer space origins. Uh, and it seems to pop up in people's dreams. Yes. And I guess that's related to Cthulhu Waits dreaming. You know, it's like maybe mm -hmm. there's some relationship between Cthulhu's dreams and the dreams that people have about Cthulhu. Right. Yes, and he's, he's, old Castro in jail says, uh, he's kind of explaining the deal that these great ones came from you know, before mankind. Yeah. They've been here all along. They, yeah, they worshipped, so they said, the great old ones who lived ages before there were any men and who came to the young world out of the sky. Those old ones were gone now, inside the earth and under the sea, right. but their dead bodies had told their secrets in dreams to the first man who formed a cult which had never died. There you go, yes. It's, right. And they're hoping to to awake the dreaming and sleeping Cthulhu, right? right. Because. Right. I don't know if this. I don't know how much fun this sounds, but this is what they're hoping for: that the liberated old ones would teach them new ways to shout and kill and revel and enjoy themselves, and all the earth would flame with a holocaust of ecstasy and freedom. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but it's right. a it's a pretty so, awful freedom. Yeah. So that jumps us to the next story. But, yeah, the right. madness from the, the sea. Right, the uh, Norwegian. Right. So then, the, right, so the then crazy then the, Norwegian. He tracks down. The narrator, now he's not even, he, he's done looking for all of this. He's just helping a friend who's got some mineral rocks or something wrapped in some old newspaper. Yeah. And then he unravels this newspaper and it tells the story about a boat. Yes. Uh, in off from off, that's harbored in Australia. Right, it was coming from South America to Australia. Yeah, and like one boat coming from South America to Australia ran into this other boat that was that was uh, derelict, right? right? And there was some kind of a some kind of a battle or something. Well, they were trying to keep the people on the, the nut jobs on this boat were trying to keep the 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 good guys. Yeah. I forget what the name of the what each of these boats is called because that'll be helpful if uh, Val the vigilant and the. Right. Yes. So they're so they're the they're they're going. You, you know, don't go that way. Don't go that way. And they're like, well, now I kind of want to go that way. <laughs> yes. So there's a, there's a little battle. They sink. Their ship gets sunk. Right? They board the other ship. Yeah. Kill everybody. Yes. And now they have their ship. And they have another, is there another statue on this? Well, they end statuette? up... Statuette? They end up going to... Um, Oh, okay. So, so that, right. that ship. T there's only two people left on that ship, right? Because one. No, that's after they see the. Yeah, the yeah. Thing so they find sea. they find this loathsome island. Yes. Which just sort of comes up out of the sea for some strange reason, and it is once again he use, uses his favorite word about yeah, the about the like rocks. And, uh, and, and it's covered with. Cyclopean city, and it has uh, it's covered with with ooze, ooze and slime and ooze. The angles are all wrong. Yeah. The, right. the geometry doesn't geometry work. Geometry doesn't. Work. <laughs> Things that are obtuse should be not of this reality. Yeah. yeah. So they they get get onto this island and climb around, try to try they to climb find around. And, and I don't have the the line there. It says it says that. 
a couple of sailors did what centuries of cult worshippers could not do. do. They pried open the door and woke the sleeping Cthulhu. Cthulhu. Yes. So Cthulhu comes out. <laughs> yes. And um, and most of oh, them. Yeah, he comes out and we, you know, we see Cthulhu, and then most of them die either from fright you or just seeing it. Just seeing it, they die. One guy, two guys escape, get back on the ship, and right, so get away from the island. Swedish guy and another guy. And the one guy is just like a, is like in a coma or something. And, and the he, and Cthulhu slips greasily into the ocean, and greasily, that's right, comes toward them, and. Uh, he figures he can't outrun him, so he turns around, he rams him. Yeah, that's yeah. right. He can't outrun Cthulhu, so he comes back and he slams into it. That was actually an interesting passage. Yeah, because his head like splits open and then reforms or something. Yeah. So, so it's like he's not even. He's, he's sort he's of got physical, skin and bones the way that you know we think of. See, here it is. Reptiles. There was there was a bursting as of an exploding bladder. A slushy nastiness as of a cloven sunfish, a stench as of a thousand opened graves, and a sound that the chronicler would not put on paper. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's pretty bad. Yes. And, the, and But you're right, it doesn't kill him. It like splatters him into a million pieces, but then he for, comes it, back it, together. And then and just goes back to the island or back underwater. Underwater, yeah. And so, then, so another ship finds this ship, tows in uh, the... the Dead crazy guy, well, the dead guy and crazy Swedish guy. On the Norwegian. Vigilant, right, yes. That's right. And that, then it gets reported to the Admiralty and everything, and they, they decide they were just nuts. And right. Yeah, that's, that's right. kind of the end of that. Yeah. And the, the, so the young, the young man, the, our, our narrator, traces this back, sees the article, goes to Australia, finds nothing of interest there except to find out that the guy went. <laughs> That the Norwegian guy went back to Norway, so he goes to Norway, and he what just recently died, but left some papers behind. That's right. Written in English, so his yeah. wife didn't even know. What exactly. They were. Exactly. He wrote them in English specifically so that his wife couldn't read them. Right. Because he didn't want them. So to he read. So this is the. Oh, another another theme that runs through. Is it this one or the other one that <laughs> anybody who finds out the secret of this gets killed? Yeah. Yeah. No, you're you're right because they're. That's why he figures he's not long for this earth. Now that's that right. he knows, and that's why his that's why his great uncle was killed after being jostled by a nautical-looking Negro. <laughs> right. Whatever that means. <laughs> right. So shall I read the end part? Yeah, here? yeah, let's do it. Who knows the end? What is risen may sink, and what has sunk may rise. Loathsomeness waits and dreams in the deep, and decay spreads over the tottering cities of men. A time will come. But I must not and cannot think. Let me pray that if I do not survive this manuscript, my executors may put caution before audacity and see that it meets no other eye. Right. He's <laughs> he doesn't even think that he yeah. should leave this. He's afraid that if anybody line. looks into it, they're going to run into <laughs> yeah, the same thing. Right. They're going to run into the cult, and uh, yeah. you, you, you really, you'd just be better off not knowing. Exactly. Well, that takes us back right to the beginning, <laughs> yeah. where right at the very beginning, he says. Uh, the, the most merciful, merciful thing in the world is the inability of the human mind to correlate all its contents. You're, <laughs> yeah. be you're better off not knowing all, right. all this stuff. Yeah. It's not right. We have a guy here who has put the pieces together, and guess what? Didn't go well for him, or his uncle, or the next person who finds yeah. out. So right. don't do what it. What are you going to do with this information anyway? <laughs> right. Oh, uh, gosh. Well, that was fun. Now, would you be surprised at all to know that uh, that the man who lived his whole life in the ocean state hated seafood? 
Oh. Now, can you... So, all of his monsters are what? Yeah. Slithery, tentacles, <laughs> slimy. Yes. Mm-hmm. There's all, right, there's all of this uh, disgusting fish smells. Yes. yes. Right? So, you okay. can see that for him, what is horrible? That fish. disgusting <laughs> fishy. Anything comes out of the flat, ocean. Yes, slimy, <laughs> scaly. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's interesting. Right? That is interesting. It makes sense. Yeah, it does. All right. Well, yeah. you know, it was very interesting. I'd never read Lovecraft before, and um, and it's 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 creeped into popular culture. There, uh, looking into there's he's shown up on The Simpsons, on South Park. Uh, there's people and, and there's are Lovecraft are, Country, right? There's that show. Lovecraft Country. Samuel Jackson series, is part of it. Yes, huh. uh, with. Uh, uh, what, what, what was his name from The Wire? Who's the Omar from The Wire? Omar from okay. The Wire. All right. Yeah. So, yeah. Were there any movies made of the Cult of Cthulhu? Were there any? Uh, Not well. Though there's one that uh, seems to be pretty good. It's from 2005, and it's created like a silent movie. Mm. So it's black and white, a little bit jumpy, mm-hmm. but. I can't find it, and you can buy it for twenty dollars, but you cannot stream it anywhere. But the director died. I made that up. I don't know if he died. All right. Well, that's H.P. Lovecraft and uh, two very yeah. interesting stories. Two interesting stories. Yeah. If you want to read, if you want to get some lessons on how to write uh, creepy, scary stuff, <laughs> yeah. check out H.P. You know, the first story is one of his earliest stories. is called Dagon, and it's like six pages long, and it's re- it's it's proto. Cthulhu. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sort of. I see. So he's first, this, he's this first. mysterious discovering of yeah. under of, uh, of underwater creepy stuff, and the he says in the beginning of it, he says, "Probably gonna kill myself when I'm done with the story," <laughs> and then he runs out of morphine and jumps out a window. All right. Oh, sorry. Okay. Well, we're uh, we're out of time here, yes, so yes. here we go. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks right. so much. Cheers.